0: Mindfulness Mode, 118.
1: I can't help other people if I'm not helping myself first.
0: Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. Would you like to learn more ways to become relaxed, to reduce stress, let go of overwhelm, Sign up for the free Relax and Breathe Summit. I'm honored to be a speaker, along with more than 20 other experts. Get free bonuses, too. Sign up at relaxandbreathesummit.com forward slash Bruce Langford, Or click on the link in our show notes. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I'm totally thrilled to have Catherine DeLulo on the line today. Hey, Catherine, are you in mindfulness mode?
1: I am, Bruce.
0: That's great. Catherine (laughs) DeLulo is a student of yoga and mindfulness. She completed her yoga teacher training a year ago, and it's her goal to combine the practices of yoga and mindfulness in her role as a social worker, creating a holistic approach to healing with her clients. So, Catherine, what does mindfulness mean to you?
1: Well, Bruce, mindfulness for me is really about being present. And in order to have that presence and be present, um, there needs to be a piece of awareness. And so anytime that you become aware of your thinking, um, for example, if you know, you're stuck in your thought pattern, you're ruminating on things that have happened in the past or happened yesterday or Maybe you're stuck in a thought like, I'm so stressed or this day sucks. It's really stopping and noticing and just acknowledging what is there. And it's not making it good or bad or right or wrong, but just noticing. And then really from that place, choosing to set your focus maybe on something else. Maybe it's something positive or just connecting with your breath. And that's really what mindfulness is for me. And that's how I choose to practice mindfulness.
0: Right. That makes perfect sense, Catherine. And I want to ask you, I know you do a lot of teaching. If one of your clients came to you and said, oh, Catherine, I just feel so discouraged. How would you implement those ideas that you've just mentioned with your client?
1: I think the first step is just noticing. And and that's the, I think the biggest part that awareness piece is when you can really catch yourself in those moments of you know I'm not I'm not being present I'm I'm stuck in another thought I'm not here with the people that are in front of me but just noticing that that's really that is the hardest part and from that noticing piece, maybe then implementing strategies like maybe I take three deep breaths in this moment, just something really simple, or maybe it's choosing positive thought or an affirmation. But just really that noticing part is is the hardest part.
0: Well, I'm glad you mentioned affirmations. I'm wondering, would you suggest just to have one affirmation that you kind of rely on most of the time? Or do you suggest having quite a number of affirmations? And if so, what what are your affirmations like that you suggest?
1: Yeah, I think whatever you really want to set your intention on, I think, is is your choice. And mine is I am here. And when I say that to myself, it just really it stops me in my tracks and and it really brings me to the present moment. But it can be I am free or I am love. Like whatever you want to create for yourself in that moment, it's really open to to you and any in creating any possible affirmation, I think. Um, You shouldn't limit yourself. Whatever you want for you and yourself in that moment, you should create.
0: Let's talk about meditation, Catherine. Is that something that you participate in? And if so, can you tell us what your meditation looks like?
1: Hmm. Yeah. So for me, meditation was always really challenging. Even when I started practicing yoga, and um, you know, you finish your practice and you're lying in Shavasana, which is kind of that final posture in yoga, or corpse pose, is what what we call it. And the the instructor would say, you know, take some time here and just connect with your breath, or just maybe meditate, or just take some time for yourself. And I was always the first one out of the room. But it's really taken me the time and the practice to. just get still I feel like in life we're always on the move, we're always thinking about what's next and how can we just take a moment and just allow our mind just to quiet and that's really what it looks like for me and and it is, you know I always incorporate something in my bedtime routine if it's just taking 5-10 minutes to sit quietly and just breathe but also going for a walk, like that's meditation, journaling I've recently started cutting. Coloring, walking through nature, like those are all different ways to just be present and meditate and just connect with where you are in that moment.
0: That's great. Yeah, just connecting is, is so important. And I think so many of our listeners understand that. But if someone just doesn't quite get it and they're just not sure what you mean by connecting, what would you say to them?
1: I would say... Finding a place where just allowing the thoughts to disappear in your mind and thoughts will always pop into your mind. That's just human nature, but just noticing when those thoughts are there and just allowing them to pass and then coming back to your breath and there's some great ways if if you're having a hard time connecting great grounding exercises is what we call them so maybe it's placing your feet on the floor and just noticing your feet touching the ground or maybe it's just lengthening each round of breath and feeling that in your body so there's a lot of different ways that you can connect and just finding what works for you is ultimately is ultimately the best
0: Well, Catherine, I'm really excited for you. You have your whole career ahead of you. You've already started teaching, but basically you're going to go back to school and get a master's in social work and you're going to work all of these tools and these skills together and help people, really huge numbers of people throughout your life, I'm sure. So this must be so exciting, but let's go back. What inspired you? Was it when you were a young girl? Tell us what really got you on this path toward helping people.
1: Yeah, I um well I grew up as a really active person. I danced my whole life and was always involved in in other activities and for me yoga was more just about you know, to stretching and more of that physical asana is what we call it—that physical practice. And growing up, like I experienced bullying and and had those pieces of of anxiety and and insecurities. And it wasn't until. I really furthered my practice in yoga, that I was able to really work through those thoughts. And I started working for a company called Lululemon Athletica four years ago. And they are a company that's really rooted in yoga and also really pushes their employees to set goals and go after you know what you truly want in life. And yoga was always something that was kind of on the back burner. And it's something that really interests me, but I wasn't too sure about about doing my yoga teacher training but it was you know through having that active lifestyle and and the company that I work for that I chose to complete my yoga teacher training and that experience was life-changing and I completed my yoga teacher training with um, a school called Tree, and it's actually um The classes were here in London and David Tree their goal is just about loving yourself and finding that self love and how you can bring that to your students and your community and It was just an an amazing experience.
0: Wow. It really sounds like you've had some exciting things happen as part of your journey here. I want to go back to Lululemon Athletica because Mm -hmm. it sounds like that was really pivotal. It sounds like their philosophy really kind of changed the way you thought about things. Can you expand a little bit more Mm -hmm. on their philosophy and what it meant to you at the time when you first started with them?
1: Yeah. Um, so when I first started working for the company, I didn't know too much about um, kind of what they were about. Um, and I thought it's like a retail, a clothing company, I'll just get a part-time job. Um, and really after my training and working through, you know, the first year that I was there, I really learned that they are so much more than a retail company. And the company is so invested in their people and, and, you know, what, finding what they're, whether people want to get up to in life. And really we do goal coaching sessions and we have our goals posted on the walls in the back room. And and we also connect with our community and really lucky to have led a few goal coaching sessions with the London community. So it's really amazing that they've really tapped into something important and really caring for their people is a a huge priority for them. So that's working for the company has been amazing. And and of course they are rooted in yoga. It's a yoga company was founded in Vancouver. It started as the bottom floor was a design studio and the top floor was a yoga studio. And that's really how the company started was through the roots of yoga.
0: Well that is really interesting and it sounds like they've really they've really expanded. How large is this company?
1: So I think there's over 300 stores worldwide now. We have one store here in London in Masonville Mall, but it has expanded internationally, which is unreal To you know, for a Canadian company just to start in Vancouver now to see it grow so much. And it's amazing that we can share this culture with our community and communities around the world as well.
0: Right, and it sounds like because you've been with the company for four years that you really feel invested in the company. You really feel part of it. Have they motivated you in a big way?
1: One hundred percent. And I feel like a different person from when I started working for the company to now and and not just obviously growing as a person, but the tools that they provide, um, the development pieces and um, yeah, they just teach you so much about who you are and how you show up for the people in your life, which I think is such a valuable lesson to learn
0: right that is really exciting and and Catherine, just just for you mindful tribe listeners Catherine has mentioned london a couple of times Catherine is located in london ontario canada it's a great place to be located because there's a lot of focus on yoga here there's a lot of focus on mindfulness as well let's look at where you're going i know that you're going to be studying social work and further as you've already studied it but you're going to be going for your master's what do you hope to do in the field of social work specifically, Catherine.
1: My ultimate goal is to really combine the principles of yoga and mindfulness into my work as a social worker, and really bringing in that mindfulness-based practice uh, with people and. What that kind of looks like is really connecting the mind and the body. There is such a strong connection there that sometimes can be missed in therapy and and just in life in general. So my goal is to really draw that awareness to people and that connection to really create those mental shifts and change in, in people's lives.
0: Well, that is really exciting. And I know earlier, Catherine, you mentioned about coloring and that that's something that you do for your own personal mindfulness. Tell us why you think coloring has become so big and it's such a powerful way for so many people to connect. Why is that a powerful way?
1: I think it's interesting. Um, I only started coloring when I started my yoga teacher training and it was one of the first things, uh, one of the first things they gave us, our instructors, was a box of crayons and I thought it was so funny because I'm I'm here and I'm, you know, I'm an adult and you're giving me crayons to color with but really coloring for me, it, it just disconnects me from my thoughts and there's just something so relaxing about and you don't have to even draw a picture like some people have coloring books that they color in but you can just take a blank piece of paper and just create anything you want and I think it's not placing that judgment on yourself like whatever you create in front of you is perfect and and um yeah, there's just something so relaxing about coloring. I think people are allowing that inner child to maybe come out a little bit and not and not judge themselves for that.
0: Well, I think it's so interesting because I do a lot of reno work and I've been in Home Depot a number of times and noticed that they have a display, a coloring book display. And I'm like, oh, mindfulness at <laughs> Home Depot. Well, why yeah. not? Why not? <laughs> and I do have a male friend that likes to do that as well because I know that... In the past, I kind of associate coloring with uh, more of the female friends I have. They're kind of into that more than some of the male friends, but Mm -hmm. it really is something that can help us all.
1: Yeah, 100% I agree with that. No matter what the gender, um, coloring is something for everyone and no matter at what age either
0: so let's talk about dance. I know you mentioned that dance has been an important part, certainly of your childhood. Mm-hmm. What did you think as you were learning dance and doing that? What are the thoughts that went through your mind and how did that change your way of thinking?
1: For me, dance was always that that self-expression piece. It was for me to kind of show my creative side and and I love, I just love dancing. I think it's um, so beautiful just to watch as well. But it really allows you to get in tune with your body and just connect to kind of your breath and your movement, and which is very similar to yoga in the sense. And even as a teacher now, I find myself when I'm planning my classes, it's like choreographing and putting those routines together. So it's very similar in that sense
0: friend of mine is really into creativity and she claims that so many of us really, we're missing that piece in our life. We're missing that piece of being creative and and we just don't have we don't have enough creativity in our life. Her name is Elizabeth Johnson. She has ownyourcreativity.com and she's constantly running programs to help people with their creativity. So that's a really important thing for sure to have creativity. Mm-hmm. So, Catherine, you're going to be moving to Toronto, and that's a, a certainly a faster-paced life than it, it is here in the city of London, Ontario. How are you going to deal with that fast pace and the pace of study and keeping up with your tests and exams and all that kind of thing? How are you going to remain mindful through that experience?
1: Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, Toronto is very different from London, Ontario. And I think for me, um, kind of where my mindfulness really grew was, was being a student. Like I attended Western for, for, my, for my one undergrad. I um, went to King's University College here in London and just practiced yoga here and there. Obviously, to support my dancing, but also just as a stress release. And then I did my Bachelor's of Social Work through the University of Waterloo, that was a really busy time for me. Um, You know, attending school two days a week, placement was three days a week, and I had a part-time job. It really pushed me to schedule in those times to practice yoga, to meditate, to journal, and really keep that part of my life still alive because it is so important to me. Um, So I know that kind of moving to Toronto, I do have those practices in place, but it is, it is definitely hard, especially at in life you can get busy and, and push things to the side and and really push yourself to the side which you know we can't for myself I can't help other people if I'm not helping myself first so um It's um, super important for me to continue all the practices that I'm doing now.
0: Right. I really like what you said about basically being disciplined to meditate, to keep everything scheduled and organized, and to uh, continue doing your yoga yourself, not just teaching it, but continue to do it on a personal level. So those are some really great ways to stay on track, even when the pace of life picks up. Catherine, Mm -hmm. I've worked in bullying prevention for some time, and you mentioned earlier about being bullied when you were younger, and I know mindfulness can really make a difference in this area. Can you share with us an incident that happened with you related to bullying?
1: Yeah, I was very much bullied, and I would say in elementary school mainly, and it's tough because you're you know, you're a child, you're in this state of change, you know, changing physically, mentally, emotionally. And it's, it was tough, you know, for me, most of my, the bullying that I experienced was more verbal and like being picked on or, and really it, it mainly developed just like insecurities and that anxiety piece that I mentioned earlier. And really that feeling of, you know, I'm not good enough or I'm not good enough just being who I am and makes you question who you are. Just, through the mindfulness work that I've done now, um, I feel like it totally could have helped me just finding that self-acceptance and that self-love and and just having that kindness and compassion toward myself. And I, I wish that you know, it it could be integrated more into schools, um, not just mindfulness, but even just the, the practices and principles of yoga, especially as a yoga teacher. Now I've, I've been able to teach a really amazing teen program for the city of London and, you know, allowing my students the opportunity to just connect with their breath, stepping away from the busyness of school and their life and just, be mindful um, has had huge benefits for them.
0: Right. It sounds like since you had that experience, then it really works for you to help other, other kids. How old were you, Catherine, when you first remember being picked on verbally?
1: I would say I was probably nine or 10.
0: Yeah. Tell us about that.
1: A lot of it was uh, like on the schoolyard or just like at recess, but And then, as I got older, you know, technology and it's even picked up even more now, obviously. But on like MSN Messenger and getting, you know, messages that you know no one likes you or you're not a good person, and and those are those words are just so hurtful and do stay with you, you know, into your adulthood, and it does reframe, you know, your thinking about you know who you are as a person. And, it, and it's so, so challenging for kids to really separate themselves from that. And one thing that I will always take away from, me from my from my yoga training and just working through self-development tools now as an adult is that other people's actions are, are a reflection of who they are and not who I am. And it's taken me a really long time for that to really settle in and not be so affected by, even as an adult, if someone says something to me that's hurtful, to not internalize that.
0: What would you say, Catherine, if you suddenly ran into one of those people that sent you one of those really cruel messages? What would you say to them today?
1: You know, I'm I'm a big believer in in spreading love and and not, you know, retaliating or and and holding that bitterness. And and I think that, you know, everyone walks a certain path in life and we can't judge, you know, where they've come from and you know, I, I would only just send love to anyone who has ever said anything hurtful to me just because everyone learns or chooses to partake in certain behaviors or activities. And there's a, a reason for that. And maybe it's something that they've learned in their, in their childhood and or they've experienced in their life. So I think, I think it's just important just to give back love to those people.
0: Well, you're right. Everybody's on their own journey, and we never really know why mm-hmm. they've arrived at a certain point in time, do we?
1: Yeah, exactly. Everyone has walked a path, and and we never really know what that person has gone through in their life, so it's not our place to judge why they're choosing to do what they're choosing in that moment, their actions, I think it's important to maybe take a step back and be like, well, maybe they're doing that for a certain reason. And there's nothing on, on my end that I'm am causing that or I can fix for them. It's something that they internally need to maybe explore.
0: Right. Catherine, my next questions are part of the multi-mode round. Just short 30-second answers are perfect. Okay. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice?
1: Louise Hay. Um, I read her book, um, You Could Heal Your Life, and it's all about daily affirmations, and it talks a lot about accepting your past and and not letting that define your future. So she's one person that I've never met her, but I've always wanted to meet her, and and I love her books. They're amazing.
0: Right. She's a really, really influential woman, Mm -hmm. that's for sure. How has mindfulness affected your emotions, Catherine?
1: I think it really allows me to just stop and before reacting, just to take a moment and pause and maybe just ask myself like, oh, you know, why is that bothering me right now? It's really allowed me to just stay calm in situations and especially with like failures in life, you know, not reacting, but looking at those failures as creating new possibilities for myself.
0: Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness
1: practice. Oh, uh, Breathing is, is huge. Connecting with, when I connect with my breath, it just brings me to the present moment. It just reminds me of how simple and beautiful breathing is, and it doesn't need to be this complicated process, but how, yeah, breathing is life. So it's, yeah, just so simple to connect back to.
0: Catherine, you recommended Louise Hay's book, You Can Heal Your Life, but are there any other books that come to mind that you could recommend in reference to mindfulness?
1: Um, you know, a lot of the mindfulness tools that I use have been like apps on my phone and there's so many free downloads nowadays. Oprah and Deepak Chopra have um they often release 21 day meditations and they're free and it's an app that you can download to your phone um or you can access it from online. And they always have a really beautiful theme around the twenty-one days of meditation, and that's a great way to also get yourself into maybe a regular routine of meditating
0: great and you've answered my next question which was about apps so that's great what advice would you give a person who is new to mindfulness and they'd like to start using it in their life
1: I would just say that just like yoga is a practice mindfulness is a practice as well and just to be generous with yourself and and don't be so hard on yourself if you know If you did get distracted or your mind did wander, but it's a practice and it just starting. maybe, maybe you just take three deep breaths every morning or, and maybe that progresses to a bit of a longer meditation, but just allowing yourself to explore the practice.
0: Catherine it's been such a pleasure to talk to you today and it's it's really exciting to talk to you knowing that you're just launching this this career helping people with mindfulness yoga social work that you're doing if some of our mindful tribe listeners are thinking geez I would like to connect with Catherine how could they do it and how could we learn more about what you do
1: Yes, um, as you you mentioned, I'm very new to this practice, especially as as a social worker. And I'm hoping, you know, after this year to really create a community of people and bringing people together. People can connect with me through Facebook or they can email me. um, It's my last name and my first name at gmail.com. But I will in the future hopefully have a website and more resources to provide for everyone.
0: Okay, well, let's get that down. Your last name, your first name. Is there a period in between that and, fr- nope. and no period? So it's, uh, let me let me get this straight. DeLulo, so it's D-I-L-U-L-L-O. Yep. Then Catherine, K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E at gmail.com. And what's uh, your Facebook connection here?
1: It's just my first name, Catherine. And my middle name's Anne, so A-N-N-E.
0: Okay, great. So this would be awesome to connect with you, Catherine. So thanks again for being on the show. Really great to talk to you and all the best in your future, Catherine.
1: Thank you so much, Bruce. Thank you so much for having me.
0: You're welcome. My pleasure. Bye now. Bye.